Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, with us today is Mirna Vuksan. Mirna is 28 years old, a master's in sociology uh, from Zadar, Croatia. And Mirna had dealt with depression for most of her life uh, and eventually has found her own path for herself through organic practices such as meditation and yoga. And Mirna, I appreciate you being with us here today and willing to kind of share your story. Great. Awesome. Tell us, uh, t- tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself and, uh, and your, your background. Well, I'm from Zala, Croatia. Like you said, I've uh, pretty much for the most of my life spent in school. I uh, spent about seven and a half years getting my degree in sociology, like you said. Um, and, you know, I've worked a lot of different student jobs and I've had some regular jobs after I finished. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> in short. Awesome. Yeah. You, you talked about um, having having kind of struggled with depression for for most of your your life. Um, what was like when did that show up for you in, in your life? And then and then what what was your experience of uh, what was your experience of the depression? Well, I think it showed up when I was maybe kid, you know, maybe around 11, 12, 13. Um, I wasn't really, you know, aware that it was a depression when I was a kid. So, you know, I just, you know, lived my life regularly. I was just, you know, low on energy and I was kind of pessimistic and, you know, depressed (laughs) just overall. But then when, you know, as I kind of grow, started to grow up a bit, it became more difficult to, um, to deal with it. So I, you know, realized after a while that it, you know, I mean, especially, you know, spending a lot of time online and seeing a lot of different things online, you kind of learn yourself that that's called depression and that it's, you know, even kind of normal and that it's a common thing. And so I've, I've never, you know, been diagnosed and I've never like reached for help professionally, but I've kind of learned to, you know, live with it and to accept it and to have my own like ways of coping with it and to kind of, you know, helping myself on my own. So, so when you were younger uh, and it was, you know, just low energy and, and whatever else uh, was going in your, in your adolescence, were people just kind of like, uh, like parents or, or older people, were they basically just saying, oh, it's just, you know, being a, in the United States, it's like, oh, it's just being a teenager, just being mopey or pouty or, or whatever. And was it dismissed or did anybody ever, ever look and say, oh, you know, maybe there's something going on here? It was for the most part, it was dismissed. Um, 
uh, it was considered, you know, normal for that age. It was considered maybe even, you know, attention seeking or things like that, which is all, you know, ordinary things. And, you know, I live, I live in a, in a, in a, let's say traditional area, you know, and people are kind of more religious and people are a bit close-minded, I would say. Um, so the, there isn't a lot of knowledge about things like that. Um, but on the other hand, I was lucky because my mother has, uh, you know, she went for years and years to a therapist. So, okay. I was, yeah, so I was lucky that she was, you know, even though she also wasn't completely accepting of my, you know, moods and, and my situation, my condition, there was also like a bit of a, you know, a thing for her to, to be, to be aware of the fact that, that it's something that I can't really affect, you know, so easily, especially while I was younger. Got it. And so, so the environment, when you say that more of a traditional environment, what I hear, and I want to make sure that uh, I have this right, is it's kind of like nobody is really like, it's almost, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's a, it's outside of like the box of the, or the, or the paradigm. So the paradigm that, that, I, that, uh, that what I'm imagining you're saying is of your area is that everything's fine all the time and it exists within this. And if there's this thing called depression, you know, like it's out here, so it doesn't really exist within what they can see, but you're out here feeling it, but it's not anything that, that's in the scope of what they're able to understand or accept. Is that, was that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, so when you were, Moving into like more young adulthood, uh, you're going through school. Like, at what point in your uh, in in your process did you think to yourself, "Hey, this is persistent. There's something going on here that isn't. I don't feel normal. I don't feel right." Like, what what was that process for you? And and how old were you when that happened? Um, well, I, you know, I became aware of those things loosely when I was, let's say, when I maybe started university when I was 18 and throughout that period, but not so much. But then when I um, moved to get my master's degree to Zagreb, which is a bigger city, and that was like a goal that I had that I, I wanted to move from my hometown because it's a smaller town. I never liked living here. Um, and then I realized more at that point that I was still unhappy and things were even more difficult while I was living in Zagreb for about almost three years. Um, and there would even be, you know, let's say certain like breaking points that I didn't have previously. Um, and, you know, uh, my mental state was definitely getting worse, you know. Tell me, tell me about like breaking points that weren't there previously. What, what do you mean? Give me, give, give us an example of, of something that you. Um, for me, it was a lot of it had to do with, um, again, the environment, but it was really difficult for me to be around other students. I, you know, I came to a bigger university and to a bigger city. Uh, in a, in a, but the mentality is again, different. And so I just, you know, I, I remember feeling like people were like against me or things like that, even though, you know, it's not it's not realistic. Like people usually don't care that much about you. Right. But you feel, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they everyone's minding their business. But I felt I remember vividly at that 
time feeling like, you know, I had no, you know, allies, no, you know, friends, uh, you know, and no one really like, I don't know. And it was a difference uh, in comparison to the past, because for the first three years of my studies, I was pretty good at the university. I was confident. I didn't have any problems going to classes or anything. And then when I moved there, you know, I think it was a combination of my condition and just people being different, a bigger city, bigger university. I really felt, you know, I, I took a break from university for, let's say, six months for sure, maybe more which was a big deal for me because up until that point, I was like a really good student. I was really interested in what I was studying. And so, and then I kind of quit, you know, because I couldn't deal with it anymore, but I, you know, returned later on and it was, it was all great, but you know, it was a big learning, learning process for me. So when did you, uh, and by the way, uh, I, yeah, everybody is in their own heads worried about all of their own life. Nobody even pays attention to what else yeah. is going on, you know, yeah. but it's a favorite hobby of mine to imagine that everybody's thinking about me and they're not. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, true, yeah. Was it during this period, like the, like the break period that you kind of, that you uh, moved into figuring out how you were going to handle how you felt or, or when did, when did you start, start coming to, um, you know, whatever it is you do now, which is, I think, a combination of a few different things. You know, it, it was a slow process. I first, I had to kind of get myself together and to get myself to even, you know, have the energy to get out of bed and do the most simple things. How'd you do that? Um, and the, that that's huge. Um, that's, that's a big deal. Like how did, so you're, you're low, you're literally having a hard time getting out of bed. How did you start? Well, for me, uh, it was, you know, I just decided to take it slow and to take everything, you know, one thing at a time to deal with the things that are, most important at that time and not to think about, you know, the, for example, the exams or a job or, you know, any ambitions that I had, I had to kind of put that on hold and to focus on the most simple things and to, you know, get myself together so I can, you know, feel better. So I can, you know, even think about whatever I want to do or finish school or, you know, make some money doing certain types of jobs and things like that, you know? So, but it was, but the thing that I mentioned in my, when we talked earlier, uh, one thing that really was helpful for me when I was young was that I did yoga for a while Mm -hmm. and I still do it for sometimes. And it was really a big, um, a big help. I don't know how to explain it because, you know, I think that depression is still, it's still connected to the physical being, you know? So I think that for me, not even knowing it at the time, I just, I just wanted to try yoga and I went for a while, but I just saw a big difference in, in my, in my um, functioning, in my everyday functioning. So I think that was a big, uh, a big help, you know? For me to even be able to say, okay, I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to take one thing at a time and not push myself too much and not be too hard on myself. That was really helpful. So did you just kind of like have this realization that I need to put everything else? If the future that I'm seeing for myself due, due to being uh, experiencing a depression, if the future that I'm seeing myself 
uh, for myself is non-existent or bleak, then it stands to reason that I have to put that over here somewhere and start and start with with my baseline, which is literally could we just be getting up in the day and, and setting up small baby steps and small wins. Did you just like have this idea on your own or or did you uh, did you find it, um, through, uh, through friends or support groups or online? Like, where did you, where did you even come to your process? Um, I would say it was, it was mostly on my own, but I think I had a good, you know, base knowledge of these things because I, you know, would read online and things like that or watch videos or whatever. So, but I pretty much had that idea on my own because I could feel that it was too much for me, all of, all of these things, all of these like responsibilities and, and stuff. So I just, you know, I, I just was aware that I had to, um, that I was, you know, almost like physically you feel like you can't function if you keep all of these things basically like on your back and on your mind all the time. Well, it's a really, it's a huge deal. Like giving yourself the permission to change uh, and and put off things that were objectives or goals for you is not something that's, that's intuitive. That's something that is actually, uh, is actually counterintuitive. Most people are like, Hey, I'm moving along through life. And then now, uh, you know, towards my goals, even though my goals are now degrading me because of whatever's happened, I'm going to force myself to, to try and, to try and keep this thing uh, the same. And then it leads to different degrees of dissatisfaction and more breakdown. So your ability, your intuitive idea to give yourself the grace and the permission to lower the bar and to start at a place where, where you could build yourself in self-esteem and, and incremental slow steps is, is really, it was an incredible gift uh, you gave yourself. Um, so when you talk, uh, when we talk about yoga, so, you know, there's so much in that that is, uh, that, that can be valuable. And, and even, you know, you t- you, when you say that the physical aspect of, of depression, you know, it's almost like a feedback loop, right? It's, it's the, it's the, I feel a certain way. So I don't take the action because I, because now my, my biochemistry is involved. Uh, it's reinforcing how I feel, which is bad, which is why I don't take the action. So interceding and getting some kind of, of physical activity or exercise is doing two, a couple different things. It's, it's making a statement that of self-care, even even a even a small one. And the second thing is, is there is a, it's a physiological, uh, you know, release uh, and an endorphin release in, in the process. Um, yoga is interesting because there's the exercise component to it uh, and the the physical activity. And then, you know, for some people, you know, there's also, there's a mental, um, you know, part of it as well. Did you identify in, in your practice of yoga were you just identifying with the, with the physical, what was going on in your body or, or was there, was there a mental process of that practice as well? Well, for me, um, since I was still kind of young, I was like 21 when I, when I first did yoga, um, it was more the physical part because I personally was never, uh, the, the sports type and I never really did a lot of physical activity. And that was for, I think, in my opinion, a part of the problem. And, but when I was younger, I couldn't really, I wasn't aware of this. So for me, it was really, for the most part at that time, more helpful in the physical part, because, because it just kind of, I think that if it wasn't for that, I think that I would reach a point of, you know, for example, you know, for a point of overflow 
flow or just being overstressed. And I would maybe reach out for help in other people because I wasn't able to, to, to kind of like maintain this physical part of, of the problem. And since I was lucky to, to have done yoga and to kind of get my physical, you know, in, in order to get it kind of like to a point that it's a bit more, my body was more healthy, then I wasn't really in need for, for a therapist or, or my friends or anyone. I was, you know, luckily able to, 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 to have the mental kind of like straight enough to, to, to talk to myself in a way that that was, that was better for myself because my body was kind of like, I got it like straightened up. You know. So, so for you, the 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 body getting uh, going through the physical exercise process was able to, you were able to to be more positive to your to yourself or more kind yes. to yourself as a result. Mm, yes, awesome. for sure. And mm. do you do you still practice uh, yoga? Sometimes, sometimes okay. not very. Yeah, but for me, it was more like a cure for that time. And now I do it sometimes, but I try to do, you know, I definitely walk my dog every day. So I mm. consider that a way of exercise. I don't know. I live at the sea. So I try to go swimming and things like that. I try to combine uh, things. And yeah, I would like to expand that part, maybe even go hiking and things like that, you know, just to expand uh, the, the physical part. But yoga was like a, you know, it was like a cure at that time for, for my mental state for sure. That's awesome. Uh, and then you mentioned, I think that there was there a point in time where you were, were utilizing like a meditative practice also? Did I see that? Yeah, I do that uh, now still. That's something that I that I try to do. I think it's a really interesting thing. And I, it's very popular now. It's been for for a few years probably more than a few years, but I think it's a really interesting practice because it really, I think it really there's an interesting relationship between meditation and like the way of life that people have today. So I think that's really important to, to kind of push meditation as, as a way of, of try to combat the, the, the neck, you know, the stressful fast way of living that's still present today in people's lives. So you like them, you like the, the, the push pull of busy, hectic life and meditation is just like the exact opposite. And yeah. you, you like that dynamic for society. I mean, I think that it would be great to lower the, 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 the fast, you know, stressful way of life. When you did know, you depending, start? It was around, it was even before I did yoga. Okay. Maybe a few months before. I think I tried it for the first time. And is your practice, is your meditative practice, uh, is it, you know, like a mindfulness? Are you, are you meditating to, to, to learn um, about what you're thinking or how you're thinking or why you're thinking? Or like, what, what's, what, is it, what is it for you and, and what, what benefits do you experience from meditation? Well, at first it was, it was uh, more that part of like figure out your thoughts and maybe quieting your mind and things like that. But I, let's say that kind of happened. Then I, I managed to, to, to get my thoughts in order and it wasn't all around the place. And now I just, you know, do it to calm myself down, to deal with stress, to, I don't know, you know, unwind after a busy day, things like that. It's just a way to, 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 to relax, let's say, and to feel a bit better and less stressed, you know? So exercise with the dog, meditation, 
uh, in the, uh, in, and then by an ocean, I love oceans. I mean, sometimes just, you know, if it's, doesn't matter if it's cold, if it's hot, whatever, if I, my feet are off, my toes are in the sand and I'm just like looking at the ocean, it's like instant, it's instant perspective, you know, mm. and uh, for, for me, for me, that's very grounding, very, uh, very, um, uh, empowering. So yes. Since you since you went into you know like the yoga and you kind of have, have have moved yourself over these years to yoga and meditation more meditation now, like what is your experience of of the of your depression you know now is it still there uh, to what what degree is it there um, and then what are you currently doing to kind of still you know work with work with it. Mm, well, I would say it's still there because, you know, I wouldn't say that I've uh, managed to manage to create, let's say, a routine to completely um, get rid of it. So I still, you know, have a low mood sometimes. I don't know why, you know, and I can feel that it's just something that that's coming from my body or from my brain or whatever. But since I've had all of those experiences and since I've, you know, felt like really bad for, you know, periods of years and, you know, longer periods of time, now, you know, I just try to, you know, do whatever I can to feel better. And, you know, at the end of the day, I accept it. Sometimes I just accept that I, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling a bit low. It's not the end of the world. It's going to pass because I've seen it already. I've seen it pass so, pass so many times. So, you know, you just live with it and, and, you know, but I, you know, I have a lot of confidence and like faith or whatever that, that it's going to get even better and that it's going to be even less, uh, less uh, days with a bad mood and like low energy and all of those things. I think that's, I mean, it, that's so valuable. And I think that many people who experience, uh, you know, lows, they don't know how to trust that, it, uh, that, that it'll pass and, you know, then, then they resist it. Right. And then anytime you're resisting anything, all you do is you keep it, you know, in place in place longer. How long did it take you to learn to accept the swings that you experience um, versus versus just, you know, immediately going into defense? There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Well, I would say for the for the last probably, you know, five or six years, I've been, you know, dealing with things but uh, let's say at the beginning of those five or six years there were more you know for example conflicts with people in my family like more intense experiences but then it you know kind of became uh easier to deal with it did you have any kind of support group in this entire in this entire process that you you've gone through or is it, have you just been you know kind of like a, a on your own finding your own way well you know i i have people in my life i have a family i have friends um but i never really you know i didn't really talk to people about it um but i am lucky that some of my friends that have known me for a long time know that I can, you know, that I do experience all of these things and they know, you know, everything that I've went through in my life generally. So there's like a, you know, a subtle understanding on their part, which is for me, that's a good thing because, you know, I don't even always feel like talking to people and I just have a habit of not talking to people about it. So, you know, having people understand certain things without 
saying anything is is a is a great thing for me. But yeah, pretty much, you know, on my own. Um, how how have you had to let's say be flexible with yourself to be able to? Well, like you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, accept like letting go of certain ambitions and certain things that I want to do. Hmm. And then on the other hand, you know, like sometimes it would even feel good for me to like get a job that's that I'm not attached to that I don't personally, you know, that that's not my, you know, career just to, you know, survive basically <laughs> to make money. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much, you know, just accepting that you have to sometimes put your desires aside and, you know, it's not, it's not the worst thing that you can do, you know? Yeah. It's huge. Is there, um, in terms of like, do you find yourself in this process? Have you acknowledged, um, how courageous that you've, that you've been with yourself through the process? Have you given yourself credit for, for that kind of, that kind of thing yet? Sure. Yeah. 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 Where, yeah, do, you think, I, yeah. where do you think, where do you think courage, where, where have you had to deploy the most courage uh, in your, in your world? Was it putting stuff aside that you thought you, you were doing, or was it something else entirely? Um, I would say maybe relationships with mostly my family members. Um, because I don't know how to really put it into words, but I guess I had to, I had to have some courage to kind of move myself away from certain people to accept that, you know, not everyone is good for you because you're kind of like taught that your, especially your parents, but anyone from your family that you have to tolerate certain things and that can be kind of bad for you sometimes. So I had to, yeah, move myself away a bit so that, and I've, I've seen that I've, gained more respect from those people once I've kind of like put boundaries and, you know, like just let them know that I'm not that, that, you know, that they have to respect me and my whatever opinions, my moods, my everything, my way of life, you know? Yeah. Um, with all the, the success that you've, that you've had, bringing yourself uh, along being gentle with yourself putting yourself in a position where you're you're continuing to move like what's the biggest challenge that's still uh that, that's that's still on the horizon for you is there something that you've put aside that you are that you haven't taken on again is it what's what's the challenge right now for you um well it's definitely my let's say career um i've definitely you know put aside my 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 original desires i i I would like to be uh you know a researcher i would like to write scientific papers that's Mm -hmm. what i have a degree in and i think that's a very valuable um thing to do um especially in sociology because it's you know uh, you know it's not that well researched and it's i don't know i think it's it's important for people in general to to learn about sociology more because it's really something that affects our lives uh in many ways that we're not aware of so i would definitely like to you know go back to that more and to and you know essentially to create a career that you know that i would that i want you know that i wanted in the past What's the what's the challenge uh, component of that? Is it is it barrier to entry to get in? Is there still something that you're working through to be able to to be able to to put yourself out there and go for it? Like, what's the challenge? 
Uh, I mean, it's both of that. Um, uh, it's on one hand, it's it's when you kind of like been out of it for a while, it seems uh, difficult, you know, so I have a bit of like a break on myself to, to even go for it because it seems more difficult from this, from this perspective. Um, but it's also, you know, it's a very like academic field, which is definitely, uh, you know, it's a community that's kind of closed and, you know, at the end of the day, I would have to get a doctorate, maybe a PhD to, to be, you know, to be accepted and things like that. But I would also like to, you know, maybe even just be a writer without getting a PhD. So I, I would have to um, see my options when it comes to that, you know, but it's but I'm aware that I would have to, you know, create kind of like a unique that because you know it's it's just what it is it's that's the type of work that that is you can either you know be a researcher with a phd and kind of like follow older colleagues or you can try to um maybe make something for yourself well you've already exhibited uh the you know the remarkable ability to chart your own path and make something for yourself just in the, in what you've experienced um, and how you've managed your, you know, you know, the depression that you've experienced, um, you know, and I, and I would, I would offer that, you know, there's probably still like a little bit of, of how you were relating to your career path and like what this thing called sociology still is that you're still relating to that from that old framework a little bit. There's probably, there's probably, uh, a a gift that you can give yourself where like accepting that like what I like like that ultimate goal throw what it looked like out the window and then do exactly what you did which was like what's the lowered bar what's the you know what are the steps that I can do incrementally you know in a you know in a in a small way to build myself towards whatever this whatever this next thing is and you may not even know what that looks like you know yet it's just one it's just one of those things where it's like you didn't know when you started giving yourself like the permission and the self-care you had no idea what it was going to look like. It just felt like the right thing to do at the time. And you may be able to, to, to apply some version of that towards moving towards your, your preferred, uh, you know, avocation and, and uh, eventual career path. You may be able to do a version of that where you're just doing instinctively like little things that, you know, are moving to something. And then all of a sudden two years down the road, you go, Oh, I understand what this thing's going to be now, you know? And so, um, I'm very, very, very excited for you to, to apply this, this, um, methodology that you already did for yourself, uh, organically and, and turn it towards this thing that you, that you loved and you wanted to do. If you were going to kind of share somebody, share something with, with someone who's listening, who maybe is in a position where they don't feel, you know, right, uh, you know, with themselves all the time and, and they're, um, you know, they experience, you know, uh, you know, what their understanding of depression is, uh, and they're kind of like in that stuck position. They don't know what to do. They don't really know, uh, how to, uh, how to kind of get themselves, uh, you know, moving. Um, maybe they're, maybe they're even in some kind of, you know, some kind of like, uh, therapy, um, or maybe they're not, maybe that's not something, maybe that's not a path they want to do. Like, what would you tell somebody like that? That's looking to, uh, that's looking to break out. Well, one of the things that I would say, which is maybe a bit of a cliche is, you know, it, it does get better when you kind of uh, make yourself 
to make those steps and to really kind of like ask yourself what you feel like doing to get yourself to feel better, you can really see the progress after a while for sure. And I, you know, I definitely remember feeling stuck and feeling pessimistic and feeling all of these dark things, especially as a young person. But it, I've definitely seen a progress and I've seen that it really, um, it, it gets better when you kind of focus on yourself and your needs and you fulfill them and you see, you know, when you see a progress. But it's also for me personally, something related to my, you know, mental state and also something related to my career. Something that keeps me stuck is like a certain amount of perfectionism so I have a problem with doing anything if I you know if I think that it's not going to turn out the way I imagined and that's also not you know it's not a good thing for anyone I think that you should always try to do as much as you can just you know do something just you know create something and maybe in the future something better will you'll be able to create something better but you'll at least move from uh from uh from that stuck place outstanding Mirna Vuxen, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, here today. Inspiring, uh, uh, inspiring story and really appreciate you sharing yourself uh, with uh, the listeners. How if, if somebody wants to wants to reach you in some capacity, like what's the best way? Maybe through my email. Should I say it here right now? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's uh, my email is uh, mirna.vuxan13 at uh, gmail.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we'll make sure we have uh, links in the show notes uh, as well. So uh, thank you so very, very much. Uh, I am excited for your future. I'm excited to see, uh, to see, you know, what you, you know, what you do next and, you know, a year two, five years down the road, so much life, uh, you know, and so much experience that you've already had, you know, like where you are, this is, you're on an incredible trajectory congratulations. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, this has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace. <laughs>